Perspectives on where we're giving the world a voice. I'm Lyra Lane White, your host. I can say that the race for the White House has been and would be an understatement and historic at best. The controversial states like North Carolina, Nevada, Georgia, and Arizona still up for grabs at this very hour. The other most remarkable piece of this election are the conversations as well concerning the way pre-election polls <coughs> an illusion of Trump's election day performance. Where in a repeat of 2016, Donald Trump actually overperformed polls and expectations again. And then the biggest surprise of the 2020 election, it wasn't necessarily Trump, but it was what happened in Congress as Republicans in both the Senate and House dramatically overperformed in predictions of, of their demise in the event of a Trump landslide loss. But before the election, we were all told by political professionals that not only would Republicans lose House majority, but they would also be looking at double-digit seat losses. Again, it really work out that way. And with areas, I might add, of disappointment in Texas, Michigan, North Carolina, which by the way, has stopped counting ballots until next week. So currently, Republicans in states where the races are too close to call, Secretary of States are in a diligent, partisan, nonpartisan way, taking their sweet time to count every vote, especially in the current states of Mariposa, Arizona. What does this say about the spiritual state of this nation? where the foundational principles are one nation under God and individual. Is this a rude awakening about the status of social justice in America? With this presidential race being as close as it is during the pandemic, where over a million Americans have lost their lives, their jobs, their business, what does this say about the moral post of this nation? Is there really a priority on those being disproportionately affected, or is this a repeat of concessions often given preferential treatment to the capitalistic element of U.S. society? Well, as a professional in ministry, I also ask, what role are church leaders playing in monitoring and influencing the moral post of this nation? Is the church fulfilling its mission outside of the, preaching the gospel on Sunday mornings? Are we feeding good food to the spirits of hungry for justice? Are, clothed, are we clothing those naked from disease? Are there any one of you housing those homeless from eviction or advocating or providing jobs for the jobless? How about encouraging thrift and economic advancement in our community? Well, tonight I have invited a panel of outstanding preachers who can provide wise counsel to some of these, uh, these some of these very important questions. And tonight uh, we have uh, an array of talented and gifted, as I said, talented and gifted preachers. And, and I'm gonna let them uh, each introduce themselves to you and tell you a little bit about their background and, and just you know what qualifies their uh, their perspective on this on this very important and timely uh, 
or evening. We'll start with you, uh, Reverend Malcolm. Yes, I'm Reverend Michael Malcolm. I am the uh, founder and executive director of the People's Justice Council, as well as the executive director of Alabama Interfaith Power and Light, based in Birmingham, Alabama. And I work with communities of faith uh, around issues of uh, injustice, uh, both environmental and social. Very good, very good, very good. Um, Mason. Yes, I'm uh, Skip Mason, pastor of the West Mitchell Street uh, CME Church uh, in downtown Atlanta, native of Atlanta. And uh, so glad to uh, be here with you uh, and to engage in this dialogue with these exceptional uh, panelists that you have. All right, and uh, Reverend D. Hagler, thank you for joining us tonight. How to talk to us about who you are. Thank you, thank you so much for having me tonight. I'm just glad to be a part and to be one in the number. I am D. Dawkins Hagler and I, Sometimes I dabble around in politics, but I am now a democratic strategist and a political analyst on numerous news stations across the country and actually internationally. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Dr. Forson. Thank you, Dr. White. Um, my name is uh, Dr. Paul Q. Fordson, um, president and chief operating officer for Paradise Community Development Corporation, but I also I'm the official chaplain for the Fulton County Solicitor's Office and have had an amazing opportunity to study in cohort alongside um, uh, Dr. Skip there and you, Dr. White, uh, who we have our who we have our doctorates in social justice and public policy. So um, it's a uh, heartfelt issue for me. It's one that I'm passionate about, one that I've worked in for over 20 years. And so I'm glad again, as uh, uh, Reverend D said, she says she dabbles in politics. We see her doing great things in the city. But <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just glad to be in the number as well. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So uh, we're going to jump right in. What I wanted to do was kind of, uh, and people have been getting in trouble about this all day, uh, but I wanted to talk a lot, talk a little bit about this uh this uh, this map, as we know about it, I didn't. Uh, wow, you know, StreamYard has is very temperamental here. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to show this map uh, where we uh, and to kind of reflect on our current status and uh, see here. <laughs> All right, we'll do that, and then I'll show. This map here. You and got it. it. So this is uh, this is from uh, Associated Press, and Associated Press is currently showing that uh, we are that I guess they've given Joe Biden the uh, they've given Joe Biden the uh, the state of Arizona, which would give him two hundred and sixty four votes. Now some places have have not given him Arizona yet, though um, just checking at the last hour, uh, they, they still have him down at, at 251. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, what are your thoughts so far? Because we got a lot going on in Georgia. We got some stuff going on in North Carolina, Nevada. I mean, what are your thoughts so far to, uh, you know, as to what's going on here? 
Dr. White, I'm not seeing the map that you are referencing. Oh, you can't see the map? No. No, it's not the map. Oh. <laughs> how much I have but it's a really nice graphic, though. This, this 3D <laughs> graphic is amazing. Yes, I know. Isn't that something? <laughs> Y'all, I'm serious. I have so much time practicing this today. And of course, StreamYard acts differently once you're live. Of course, that um, always happens. Yeah. You know. Murphy at work. You know, if if you're anything like me, then you you don't really necessarily need to look at that map because you've been looking at that map uh, in your <laughs> for the last fourteen. <laughs> you know. So, and 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 honestly, what that map tells me is that we've got a a, a serious serious problem in America. And it's that we have yet to face the truth about America. Yeah. Reality is that Trump is America. That's right. Trump is America. And until we face that and realize that, we're going to continue to have this problem and we'll continue to have this divide. That's That's what map showed me. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I heard, uh, Brother Malcolm, I heard um, someone, uh, one of the... um, um, I believe maybe it may have been political or one of the other news outlets where it said America is showing its true self through this because there were a lot of people, um, those of us of the darker hue, definitely, but there were some of the lighter hue, a lot of them who talked a whole lot of negative, who talk, who, who disdained this behavior and, and, and this attitude. And when they got in the voting booth, they show their true colors. Mm-hmm. And what you said is perfect, which is um, until we realize that he is America, we're going to be disappointed time and time again. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, nothing surprises me with what's going on. Um, I think that all of us, to some extent, we had hoped that there would have been a blue landslide, but we know the country we live in. We know the people that are part of this, the makeup. It has been clear uh, for the last uh, 400 years, uh, even more so. Uh, we have seen uh, within the last four years, and I think what really happened is that uh, that those persons uh, held their breaths for eight years during the Obama administration, uh, and then they began to exhale when Trump was elected president. And so we're seeing this behavior coming out. Nothing surprises us. I was, uh, D, uh, who is one of the smartest persons I know, period. I mean, male, female. The other day she posted on her Facebook page, I thought it was just perfect. Uh, She said, I'm torn between fasting, praying, and a glass of wine fits it Jesus. (laughs) I wanted to to say D, we need to fast, pray, and drink a glass. So ain't no either or, baby. Ain't no either or. It is what it is right now. But but it does, and let me just say this, it it does call all of us to really have to go inward and do some deep digging within our own framework and context and the people that we serve, the church churches that we serve as we see what's going on. Because you're right, Dr. Laraline, they're going to be sort of looking to us, our members, for some kind of response from, from a, 
a biblical and spiritual perspective. What will the pastor say after all of this? And, and we got the we got to dig deep and find <laughs> something to, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> to say, Lord, I don't know, but thank you, okay. Jesus, you know, because it could very well be, you know, we hope that Biden wins, or I hope, uh, but, you know, it could be the opposite. So, yeah. you know, we got to say well, yeah. well, I, I think I think either way, we have to prepare uh, in a real sense and, and and because I'm talking to a bunch of preachers in a pastoral sense, we've got to re we've got to prepare a response to the fallout either way. As mm -hmm. I said, we've That's got right. over 67 right. million people who have voted for racism, who have voted for children mm. to be put in cages, who have mm. voted for us to continue to ignore <laughs> pandemic that are killing people in in unprecedented numbers mm -hmm. we, we've we mm -hmm. we have 67 million people who have said it's perfectly okay to see police choke a man to death in the middle oh. of the street while being filmed mm -hmm. it, it's perfectly okay for police to shoot an unarmed woman who's mm -hmm. waking up out of her sleep to see why they're busting in her door when she's clearly doing nothing illegal in her life. Mm -hmm. we, we've got to deal with that because believe it or not, out of 67 million people, and you look at that map, they live next door to us. Mama. They work with us. Mama. Some of them even worship with us. And we've got to really, really dig deep to deal with that in a real sense uh, in preparing education and building awareness in two ways. One, to build awareness for society, to speak truth and power to society so That's that right. we can change those mindsets. But the second way, we've got to prepare our people. And by our people, I mean those who are in black skin, prepare them for what's getting ready to come. Because if Biden wins, just as Obama, when he won, that was this fallout. If Biden wins, there's an even more tremendous fallout on the way in both economic and social consequences and policy kind of consequences mm -hmm. and we have to prepare our people to be able to stand and advocate for that that's right and build resilience in our communities because there's going to be scarcity that follows that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let yeah. me add to that dr dr white though we we're talking about the disappointment that we may feel uh, because of the outcome of the election and all of the policy, political, uh, social sort of unrest. But you got to remember that for the last, uh, what is it, 10 months, we've been in a pandemic and uh, the unemployment, the isolation, being disconnected. I don't know if our community and, and then our community being disproportionately um, uh, affected by that pandemic you add the trauma of this particular loss to that then you know we we have to have a response to that because all of these things thus far and we've looked at them before and in the past all of these things have manifested thus far in things like uh relationship issues there is a rise in domestic violence even in our in our own homes there's a rise in suicide substance abuse mental health crisis and and all kinds of dysfunction i don't know if it would be malpractice 
a matter of fact, it will be malpractice if we don't have a response on both sides, but definitely if we and our community suffer this loss after being so close. Yeah. Reverend D. Yeah. Unmute yourself. Yeah, yeah, you, you, I know you got something to say. I know I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear what you. Yeah. No. I did on the radio all day, and a little bit. And on Channel Eleven, we've been seeing you. We see you. You know, I, so now I'm with, I'm with family now, and so when I'm with family, I just like to listen to the prophetic speak, mm. and I'm just listening to you all if, as if this is something new. America was built on, on racism yeah. and white supremacy, and so when I think about Psalms 137, you know, how do we sing the Lord's song? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In a foreign land, yeah. we've always been singing this song in this land, and now all of a sudden, we surprised. That half of America is racist. Hell, they always been racist. Now, what we gotta do is get our minds collectively together because I've been watching Fox for the last before I got on. I was watching Fox because I, you know, I have to be ready for them tomorrow. Like I'm still trying to debate whether I'm gonna go on Fox tomorrow because it sends my blood pressure all the way up. But they are on there today. You know, and there's some scary stuff to me. And I, and I've been in politics a long time, and I've never quite been this perturbed until an hour ago when they said we need all of y'all to go out and protest and fight for Trump against the children of darkness. And it was a call to arms. Now see, they done did a lot of stuff, but this is the first time. And I fight with them all the time on Fox and listen to foolishness. But that's the first time I've heard them literally say get up, go fight, Keep protesting against the children of darkness. Mm. Now, now, mm. So now wow. they're wow. preparing for something wow. and we have to figure out what they're preparing for. Now that's what we need to worry about focus on today. So that's why I'm over here quiet because I knew they was crazy as hell, but they started fabric crazy today. Yeah. They already called out the attorney general. They done said, were you, you're silent. Mitch McConnell, y'all better get in the fight with us. Trump helped every last one of y'all get reelected or put y'all in place, and you better fight with us. Wow. It was a call to arms on, on national television. It, it's been that kind of day. Um, one of your well-known white evangelical preachers or whatever she calls herself and calling on angels from Africa and speaking in <laughs> unknown tongues today. I mean, it's what we are. This I mean, is the I, angel I, she I, want to call. Girl, don't call the one from Africa. I mean, angel from Africa. Why got to explain that to me? I missed that I, today. Because oh, I was I'm, I'll, I'll have to send you the tape. Oh, it is insanity. It is insanity. You know. No, uh, but, but, you, but, go ahead, not, Mike. Not to skip, I told him, I said, listen, I, my grandmother, I knew her before she joined the ancestors. I dare you to call Dara's mouth. There you go. You you go call Doris you want to. She took that phone call. You better got she turned this whole thing upside down, huh? from Africa. You play with her you want to. You better leave them Africans alone. I know that's right. I love it, Mike. Mike, I love it, Mike. Wait a minute. Oh man, she just cut the clown. That Lord, boy. <laughs> I think, you know, I saw it. I was disturbed by it 
just Me because, too. And, and the reason I was deterred by it is because I've seen that, and 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 I've seen it in our churches. Yeah, mm. you know? and, and mm. so it's a there's a toxic theology that Amen. says that God Amen. is somehow involved in our corruption and foolishness. Mm. You know. God is somehow involved in our folly when the Bible says that God laughs at us in our folly and her sitting up there babbling and spitting all over herself. I'm pretty sure God was laughing because I was tickled. Had to be. Had to be. I was tickled. And that foolish. How dare you fix your face to even call my ancestors? You know. Didn't you bring them over? Look, did you bring them over here? You ain't got to call them all the way from over in Africa. Hell, y'all stole them over here. All you got to do is call the ones you brought over here. Right. Hey, okay. Well, it says, okay, okay, Dr. Lord Lane. I, I, man, those brothers, they got me fired up. They got me fired up. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. No, no, I'm going to let y'all go back to cutting up in a minute. I want to see, you know, give a little commentary. We're going to Look a little bit, uh, wait, make sure I'm doing this right now. Let me see here so we can, uh, and I know y'all gonna, y'all gonna eat this up, but I wanna make sure, uh, you know, we talk a little bit, we see something live. Mm. Turn your volume. Mm -hmm. By nature, but they become corrupt. It's too easy. They want to find out how many the votes they need, and then they seem to be able to find them. They wait and wait, and then they find them. And you see that on election night. We were ahead in vote in North Carolina by a lot, tremendous number of votes. And uh, we're still ahead by a lot, but uh, not as many. Not as many. Finding ballots all of a sudden. Oh, we have some mail-in ballots. It's amazing how those mail-in ballots are so one-sided, too. I know that it's supposed to be to the advantage of the Democrats, but in all cases, they're so one-sided. We were up by nearly 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. I won Pennsylvania by a lot. And uh, that gets whittled down to, I think they said now we're up by 90,000 votes. And they'll keep coming and coming and coming. They find them all over. And they don't want us to have any observers. Although we want a court case. The judge said you have to have observers. Likewise, in Georgia, and they're appealing. Actually, they're appealing. Uh, we want a case that we want people to watch and we want observers and they're actually appealing, which is sort of interesting. I wonder why that appeal that all we want to do is have people watch as they do the vote tabulation. Likewise in Georgia, I won by a lot, a lot with a lead of over getting close to 300,000 votes on election night in Georgia. And by the way, got whittled down and now it's getting to be, to a point where I'll go from winning by a lot to perhaps being even down a little bit. In Georgia, I burst in a faraway location, totally unrelated to the location of what was happening. And they stopped counting for four hours. And a lot of things happened. The election apparatus in Georgia is run by Democrats. We also had margins of 300,000. In Michigan, we were way up in Michigan, won the state. And uh, in Wisconsin, we did likewise fantastically well. And uh, that got whittled down. Every, in every case, they got whittled down. 
Today we're on track to win Arizona. We only so he got an idiot. Bless his heart. He got. I'm glad you were controlling that because I would have watched 10 seconds and turned it off. (laughs) Because he is doing exactly what he does. He is feeding, fueling, lying, pandering, all of the buzzwords to get get them fired up and charged so they can go attack the children of darkness and whatever. You know, whatever else. I mean, he's a master at that. We know that. You know, I, I don't what's, what's so disturbing and dangerous about that for me, though, it is is the fact that he's grown his base. That's right. We we thought that he would speak to a specific group of people, yeah, like a small minority of people, but you clearly see sixty-seven million plus people. Yeah. Voted Walked for him. into that, yeah, and, and 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 that you know, it's it's that is dangerous and that's scary. That's scary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. What baffles me? What baffles me is the fact that, and you're talking about growing his base, but I would hate to think that there were that many. I'm gonna say, stupid people just roaming around in the streets because at the end of the day, you heard what he just said about um, the Georgia being run, the elections being run by Democrats. Last I checked, the Secretary of State, the governor, and the whole entire state was red. Last I checked, the rules said that the ones who were in power were the ones who set the election rules. How do you not, how does a person listening to him not know that much and then believe that in Georgia, if he loses, that somehow it was the Democrats that did it. That's idiocy at its best. That's the best idiocy at its best. And, mm-hmm. and you hear what he said about the pipe busting in a totally unrelated, a totally unrelated area, and then they stop, they stop uh, counting for four hours. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but, but when you have Philly. When you have Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, Fulton County, when you have DeKalb County, when you have these major seats of people, these major populous people, yeah, you can get out of these rural votes. But baby, it's going the, the, the what's gonna happen is when these major metropolises start to come in, yeah, you're gonna lose. Well, we but see- that's but that's that was the whole purpose in trying to stop the mail in votes though. That's what they understood. They understand what's going on. The disinformation is for their base. Again, he's expanded his base. It's Mm -hmm. for his base. And and understand our history. Understand our history. There was a time when Southern white supremacists overthrew the government and tossed out the governor and put the governor that they wanted to have a state above us. Uh, state above y'all in South Carolina. It happened. It happened. So don't yeah. think that this can't happen. Again, we got to take this serious. Don't just and, and, and I, I mean I'm 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 all for jokes and games and being silly and being funny, but right. this right here is this preachers, faith leaders. Communities of faith understand mm-hmm. that this is serious. It's real. We are in a serious. It really is serious. It, it, really, it really is. We can't just laugh it off and say he being stupid. Or he being, that, uh-huh. These people have shown us 
This is serious. They made business. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now the the the, the promise in it is there's more with us than there are against us. Amen. That's right. But they mean That's business, right. and if we don't really take them serious and prepare for it, we gonna find ourselves in trouble. So, so That's what's happening right. to me also, as I said in the, in the uh, in in my introduction, is that we also, while we were talking a lot, or we were listening to the political strategists earlier pre-election, we also heard that. Um, that there will be an upset in the balance of power in Congress. And despite the number yeah. of people who came out to, to vote, uh, we did not see this 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 uh, dramatic upset of balance in Congress as well. And so that's something to really think about. Um, because the same people that are coming out in, in these, as, as uh, Mr. Trump says, you know, the, the, the balance will keep coming and coming and coming. Those same ballots that keep coming and coming and coming also put the same, those same, uh, they also help to fortify the balance of power toward or in favor of the Republican Party uh, for Congress. So that's something to think about as well. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, you asked about a practical application for our church folks. You know, we've been having discussions, Bible study you know, and conversations about the election. Um, and, you know, we, we, we border the realm of, of, of spiritual and, and, and reality. You know, this is what it is. Uh, um, Malcolm said, you know, if it, he said something to the fact that if they are not with us, if they are for us, who can be against us? Well, if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, what, what if we don't get the victory this time. Does it mean that God is still not with us? You know, mm. um, I, I I always use the story of the uh, Israelites who were uh, in bondage for what some four hundred years before they were uh, freed and made their way to the Promised Land. And so I say, surely we we can we'll survive. If it's another eight, right. four more years, we'll, we'll, right. we'll, we'll be okay. You know, our DNA uh, dictates, uh, we have it within us to survive uh, some of the harshest situations. This is when coming to know who you are and whose you are. Mm. The story of your people helps to give you some strength. Yeah, we all want him out, okay? But if he isn't out, you know, God has gifted great people to do preachers to bring some spiritual understanding, great advocates and politicians like D to continue to be out on the forefront, you know, helping us to see what this thing is and, and others of, of, of her ilk in terms of just freedom fighters, you know, uh, and so we'll get through this. We, we, we'll get through this. So that's, I'm going to always try to leave a word of encouragement. You know, now I, I'm millennials, and young people, you know, they, they, they may say, see, the vote doesn't count. The vote doesn't matter. We came out in record number. We voted. Y'all said vote. You know, I voted. And still, this is what happened. So you still got to deal with that piece as well. Yeah. well uh, Dr. Dr. Mason, what I what I said was there's more with us than uh, there are against That's us. it. I, That's right. I, That's I, I was talking about the people. Excuse that, me for misquoting you, yeah. but I knew it was something <laughs> close to that. <laughs> that, that, 
the majority of the people did vote for um, Biden and Harris. Uh, okay. So popular vote, he's very much. He's got more got more about votes. About five million. Anyone. Right. He's got more million. votes than anyone in history. So people did turn out for him. It's that people also turned out for President uh, Trump and the Electoral College is is the real uh, issue. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the real injustice because yeah. it doesn't represent the people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad you. Oh, OK, go ahead. I'm no, glad no, no. you said something about the electoral college too, because while I know we want a message for the people, and, 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 and I'm with you, Dr. Mason and all y'all, uh, Trump has been on the phone around the clock for weeks prior to the election, trying to get all these people to change uh, their position with the electoral college, and so mm. yes, there is a fine for it, but but they still don't have to do it if they don't want to. There is a penalty. But you can do, it. and so I, I, what. What I'm hearing and seeing, it makes me think that they will, Trump will stop in nothing to get this election, and the right. manipulation right. is strong. And mm -hmm. I'm afraid, not just for mm -hmm. us, because mm -hmm. God is still in control. I, I'm not That's so good. sure about some of our young people. Just about we went out to vote. I, I, I don't think they get ready to play with this situation. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I don't think. They gonna be it's like you know, like Dr. King and this non-violence. Yeah, um, they don't they don't take disappointment the way that the others did. You understand? They like come on with it, like yeah, stand yeah. down, stand back, and stand by. They like come on back because we yeah. better for you if you come yeah. on with that. So yeah. I, I, I agree with you right now. I agree with you. Really be praying. I agree too. And fasting and drinking all at the same time. I don't know if I need to be throwing oil, but you know, holy water. I mean, I, I mean, I keep my oil. I keep my oil nearby. Because you know, you think I'm joking? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And next minute I'm speaking in tongues, and next minute I'm yelling on the TV. I mean, hell, I, 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 I'm going crazy. I, I, I don't know. He's trying to run us crazy. So, I don't think I'm joking, but I'm really not joking. No, I believe. I know. We know you're serious. We know you're serious. We know you're serious. But I agree with you. When they say, um, when you say um, these kids ain't playing, I, 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 I work. When, when, when I was uh, in cohort with um, uh, Reverend Skip and Reverend White, um, I did my, my work on um, this disconnect between millennials and the black church. So I spent those years really talking and, and, and really engaging millennial and zillennial culture. They ain't not playing. They not playing. And, and we saw it in, yeah. in the movements. I was really proud of how these young people took to the streets. And I think that um, our generation, um, 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 Dr. White, you had a question in here that said something about what can we do to be unified as a country again? And my response was, were we ever unified? Right. At the end of the day, somebody convinced our generation that we were unified. Yeah. And we took our corporate jobs and our BMWs and our nice homes in, in Stone Mountain. And we thought we had made, these young kids don't live with that delusion. They know that something ain't right. And when they hit the streets, baby, they weren't playing. They weren't playing. And we've and, seen uh, it. We've seen it, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and I've encouraged them. We've seen it's them. Not one type of young person. Let me let me tell you, I have four children. And they range in age from 19 to 29. 
My elder you know. daughter, who is, you know, she's in medical school, starting rotations. We went Sunday and she was like, I'm going to get that 380 right there. Okay, she purchased it. And I have a 21 year old daughter. Now, my sons, I thought would be more radical. My 20 year old daughter, we call her Holy Ghost Girl because, you know, she says, Thank God. See what the Holy Ghost get on my nerves. But she's like, You're going to need looking 382. You know, I don't know which way, if they about to pop off. I was like, See, now, so, so, so something is happening when my daughters feel like they need to be armed out here in these streets. Now, that's right. I, we, better, we better start doing some prayers. I don't know. But, that, but I, I think, I think, that it's it's more than just praying and and if we just stop at praying we we gonna miss it we got to start talking as well yeah and, and and it's not just talking to our folk we need to start talking because see just as people went to that booth and voted for trump when when they looked like they were supposed to be with us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they put on us faces and they went in that booth and they still voted for trump they know some of them know what's going on and what's the plan, mm-hmm. and, and and they just waiting because it's gonna pop off and they prepared for it. And and we need to start talking. We need to start communicating to find out what's really happening because there there are some things that's going on that if we aren't careful will take us by surprise. But if we are if we're careful and we lean into our ancestors. Mm. We'll understand good, what's happening. That's good. That's good. good. And, you know, speaking of surprises, I was very surprised. And I know we're not, I mean, we're African-Americans, but um, I was very surprised at the, the Latino vote and the way the Latino vote went in favor of. Yeah. And How about the Cuban vote? How about the Cuban vote specifically? Know, right. That, right. That's, but that's the vote. But so, so in Texas, you had the Mexicans, and I'm just like, okay, you're voting for, you're swinging towards a, a person that that is going Beard to be the wall to keep you out of the United States, keep your loved ones out of the United States, and will separate you from your children. Okay, but you think that that's okay, and then in Cuba, <laughs> you voted for someone who is uh, banning you from going to Cuba, banning anybody in your family to come. Right. To that's right. Where, where, what did we miss? That's I, I know where you're coming from. What, what did we miss? I don't know. You know in that, in that equation, and yeah. and l- l- we got We got to throw a black man's allegedly in the midst. You know, um, that's an interesting dynamic. To, to they say that quite a number of black men voted for Trump. Yeah. yeah, so I think Trump. Well, we we know two we know two quarters did, and we know uh, frozen ice did, and we know uh, Louise did. So outside of those three, and don't forget about um. Two quarters, fifty cents. Two quarters. And then, of course, frozen water is ice cube. Oh, yeah. The one, yeah. the one that, that's married to the Kardashian. Kanye West. West. Kanye West yeah. took 60,000 votes. Now, that's what we need to be praying for, those 60,000 people. Yeah. Who, who wasted their votes yeah. on, on them. You know, you, you just, wait, 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 wait. 60,000 people voted for Kanye West? Yes. 60,000. Now, now. 
let let me say, uh, yeah, it's over. It's over. Following, following this election, I think that they are on to something in the aspect that we don't we we no longer need to give our vote away. Mm-hmm. They're right. They're right. But they did it the wrong time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 I wouldn't even been upset had they did this six months ago. Right. That's I, I right. would say because they wait till two weeks a week. What the hell? I, what What are y'all doing right now? You 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 had all. You had years. You did this last year. I don't know what possessed them to wait until we right at the crucial hour. We didn't miss the vote, and you all want to come out with all this nonsense. But then we're not monolithic, so I don't want to say yeah, that's 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 true. we all that's have to true. vote the same that's and true. be the same. I don't have a problem with black Republicans. I have a problem with people liking Trump because Trump, this this is not even I don't that's even a think it's point. a Democrat Republican thing. We we on another this is a some next level stuff that we're dealing yeah, with. Man. We hadn't really seen, and it's really borderline dictatorship. It, it's it's kind of like some some Hitler, Mussolini kind of <laughs> gaslighting trickery going on. And if we're not careful, Mussolini. he will create some type of authoritative government right before our eyes, and, and that's part of the problem that we're yeah. dealing with right yeah. now. Yeah, and the but, problem and is they were willing to follow. Yeah, they're willing to follow. That is the problem, you know, that you got 67 million people who, after experiencing the things of this past four years, still say that he is the best person to serve our country at this time. That's what's baffling me. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at least with Hitler, Hitler was a great speaker and he was a passionate speaker and he could... But even in listening at that snippet we just listened to, he's an idiot. Did you even hear him do one multiple syllable word in that? Tremendous. It was tremendous. It was, tremendous. Was, was that, that, that was that was it. I, I mean, it, tremendous. I just I don't. And and and, and not only did he did, not only did he not speak in multiple syllable words or string five words together to make a coherent sentence. When he did string three or four incoherent and disconnected words together, they were wrong. That's my whole thing. At least they were wrong. It wasn't even right at the point where you strung four or five words together. You called the whole constitutional element of the election wrong. And somebody out there amen you. That was what to me. Right. That's the difference between Democrats and Republicans. So let me be clear. Democrats can be elitist intellectuals. We want to make sure that things are right. We want to make sure that things are ethical. Republicans, you could talk to them just like that in one, two syllables. As long as you're saying that the Confederacy will rise again, you're yeah. okay for them. Like yeah. we want America to be great again. See, don't y'all get it? That that's all they need. They just need dog whistle words to get themselves excited. Dog. They don't care about all the other stuff we're talking about. They feel like Trump is one of them. He speaks to them. He speaks to yeah. their issues. Yeah. He speaks to what they care about. He's trying to drain the swamp. He's trying to get the you know the the career politicians out the way. He's trying to stop you know, everybody from taking advantage of the white man who built this country. You know, we give it away too much stuff. That's, Trump doesn't need to say anything. All he has to do is stand up there and be a symbol for them, and they're fine, and they're going to get behind him. All these closet Trump supporters, I prefer you tell me to my face that you appreciate Trump, That's you right. like him, you vote for him, That's right. and to be a closet Trump supporter, 
and be in my face, all of our face, and play around with yeah, us. This is to include or not include blacks and Hispanics. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I gotta really pray and ask the Lord to help me with you know with sanctuary cities and immigration and everything else from from right now. Because right now I know black and brown people are supposed to be on one accord. But look like black people gotta save damn the world, America all the time. So right now, I, I, I'm, I'm 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 only saving black folk right now. That's right all now. I can do. That's all I got. That's, in all, you right got. That's all you got right now. Yeah. I, I mean, one of one of my one of my colleagues and mentors uh, said it this way. She said, "I've I've only got my corner. I can't worry about their corner." Because they mm. contributed, all of their corners contributed to the demise of my corner. Mm. Not only is America mm. founded on racism, but America is founded on a specific racism, which is mm -hmm. anti-black racism. Mm -hmm. And we come got on, Malcolm. Come on, Malcolm. That, but we've got to recognize that so we can deal with it in its real sense. That's right. Understand that every policy that hurts our communities is intentional. The pollution that surrounds our, our communities is intentional. The police brutality that uh, assaults our communities is intentional. Mm -hmm. All of it is meant to keep us in a place where we're mm. considered as least in so that we can fuel this capitalistic system with low wages and and and, right. and no and no wages, you preach, right. yes, right. Right. and we got to look at that. It 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 really baffles me that we as as uh, preachers and, and Christians in particular don't find ourselves in policy spaces, especially those who study social justice. That's I, right. He always took his complaints to the to the uh, halls of justice and right. to the streets. We ride to the streets first. Mm. Mm -hmm. That as a measure and a mean, but we we ride to the streets first, and so it looks like we just in a rage all the time, which we are, and, and it's a purposeful. But somebody got to get in there in the policy tables too, and who best to represent that than people of faith? Right. Hmm. I agree. Correct. I agree. That's I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, so then, as I asked earlier, I'm and, and you bring up some some great points. Is is um I'm pulling. I was going to pull that poll up um, that was taken by the Barner Group, um, where they surveyed a, a number of persons, a number of uh, congregations. And they, they discovered that a lot of church leaders, a lot of church, a lot of clergy are not talking to their congregations about politics. And in and, and the such conservative mindset, you know, they believe in this separation. Well, mm -hmm. some Democrat also, Democrats also believe in that separation between the church and the state. However, where, uh, where does your, your religious freedom and understanding what's right and wrong coming to play. And I think that as a church overall, I think overall the church, I mean, this is evidence, this election is evidence that the church overall has failed in that department. Mm. That is why the moral compass of this 
it's being it's 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 being caught. It's just like the turn on the lights and they go to roaches. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> our part, just like Dr. Forsen, you said earlier, that in in our generation, you know, we we benefited from the struggles of the civil rights. Civil rights, right? We benefited. We didn't have to go in the back doors. We were able to sit in the front of the bus, so we didn't. We didn't do that. But when we began to raise a generation ourselves, we dropped the ball on educating, uh, on educating them as a whole on struggles and what's important. So I think that's the reason why we have a lot of unrest. That's another thing that adds to the political unrest in the millennial generation. You know, what's interesting about that is um, I, I, I started my research work with millennials to find out why there was the greatest mass exodus from the church mm -hmm. in the history of the church. I, I really was interested because uh, if any of you are like me, you know, church meant a lot. And if you understood history from the Underground Railroad, I mean, from the, from the time we sat here, the, from slave religion to the black church, the black church has meant we were at the forefront of everything. And so the way I shaped the, the, the questions of my research, it was if the church, took, the black church, took a greater stand and taught more, spoke more about social justice issues, would you return? When I tell you overwhelmingly, without giving you all the individual numbers, overwhelmingly young people said it is the lack of addressing practical and existential existential issues in our communities is why they don't even play with this spooky dude in the sky who is you know got a white beard and went like us and waiting on um um to strike us down waiting on to do some Wait, no, absolutely absolutely from Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and overwhelmingly they said that's why they walked away and 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 yes partly that is that is our fault but i believe that this kind of contention that we're dealing with right now is a grand opportunity, not just for us socially, but for those of us who are leaders of faith. Because at the end of the day, we can talk about these young people saying, my vote don't count. Well, it isn't even that close if you don't go out and vote. Why? Because America ain't feeling you. But if you didn't go out there and actually vote, we wouldn't even be this close. We would all went to bed last night. You, you understand. And so at the end of the day, there's the silver lining in all of this. The fact that y'all came out, the fact that you sent in your absentee ballots, the fact that you participated means that there is an opportunity for change in our culture. But if we don't say something as preachers and ministers of the gospel and people of faith, if we don't plug into that, we can count it gone in a generation. We can count it gone. Right. We won't have one generation. Mark my words, if you don't, if we don't count it, we won't have no relevance, neither will we have influence, enough influence. We won't have enough influence to hurt anybody, and we won't have enough power to help nobody. Mm. Dr. White, um, first and foremost, don't ever do that close-up on Dr. Forreston like that again, because I was looking at his beard, and I got so jealous, I almost hung up. <laughs> You're trying to be serious here. You you compare beards. Malcolm, I'm preaching, man. Malcolm, I'm preaching him. <laughs> 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 you call them the ancestors, brother. They'll, they'll help you. 
<laughs> but no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I find myself around a lot of young people now uh, in doing this environmental justice work, uh, but it's because it's relevant to them. That's good. They, they understand the issues a, a great deal more than we understand the issues, but that's because they talk about them. That's right. Uh, we don't, <laughs> you yeah. know. Unfortunately, we got caught up in the materialism as well, and we got to own that as a generation. And, and, and as a result of us getting caught up in the materialism, we, we kind of dropped the ball on perspective also. We did. Mm. And, and so we're, we are reaping the, the reward of, of our, uh, That's right. our blatant ignorance as well. Yeah. And, and we need to own that. I, again, for me, it's all about owning your truth because once you mm. can own your truth, then you can do something to correct it. You can do something to correct That's it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but again, and, and, and my truth is, I got real jealous in my heart about uh, Bishop Forson's beard. And so I don't want to see that no more. <laughs> Speak your truth, brother. Speak your truth. <laughs> But Malcolm, you <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> He's a prophet. <laughs> Good job. So, so we're getting close to toward the end now. You know, mm. We've cut up and we talked about the church. And it's good. It's been a good conversation. When it comes to, especially when it comes to the mainline denominations and their lack of intervention in what's going on morally with this country. President presidential election close to being over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Many constituents are hoping that the US will unify people again given the racial tensions and social injustices seen throughout the last presidency. Now I'm using the word last presidency quite freely because y'all know the last presidency. So from your perspective, how likely would that happen in this new presidential turn? Like, what is your perspective if we have a different turnout tonight? I mean, we have a turnout that's our desired turnout tonight. How? What would be necessary in for for that uh, that administration to do to unify this nation again? It's not going to happen. I'm sorry, the divide is too wide right now. You know. Uh, and and so either way, if it's Trump, if it's Biden, it is just not going to happen. And we might as well be real about it. That's right. Uh, in this in this season and moment. Now, what's the solution? We'll we'll turn the D for that. But listen, uh, it's just not going to. We got, we got to learn how to cope, and we have to learn how to live within, as we've always done in very challenging times and very challenging situations, you know, and make the best of it as we can. And this is when our faith steps in. This is when we as pastors, we encourage our members to turn inward to your faith, okay? Uh, And the same faith that you have and the same God that has gotten you through many difficult, challenging times, it's the same one that will get us through this period of time uh, as well. That's right. 
this guy, I want to end up saying, first of all, thank you for having me again. And I just enjoyed myself with all these men on this panel. And then I noticed mm-hmm. that everybody had beers, go tea. I got a little go tea here. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, we love the facial hair. But what we have to do, uh, so many things. But one thing we have to do in all of our churches is we have to make sure that we are not afraid to speak to the issues at hand. Um, the black church has to go back to being the black church, the same black church that helped people when it was time to escape to freedom, mm-hmm. the same black church that taught black people how to read and write, who taught black people how to get registered to vote, who taught black people how to stand up and fight during the civil rights movement. Um, right. We've got to get back to that church. And so every church should have some type of social justice ministry within the church. I mean, we just got to do it. We just got to just do that. Then we've got to be vocal on issues other than just, uh, you know, I'm glad we've moved away from the prosperity gospel, but we've got to say, we've got to encourage our members to be engaged, whether that is running for office, working on campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, going down to city hall, going to the school board, whatever it is, we've got to get them to be engaged. And I know we need ties ourselves because the church right now is, you know, we, you know, we're in COVID. We've got to also promote giving money to candidates, candidates that we appreciate, candidates we need to serve who will stand up for what's right and just. And so there's numerous things that we can do, but what we can't be is no cowards because God didn't put us in position to be cowards right now. I mean, we've got to stand up and be bold and walk with it because they're coming at us. Our young people need direction. Our seniors need security to, un- to make to understand that we are there with them. And then everybody in our age group we just got to get them mobilized and so uh, that we can stand up and fight another day. But we got to do something right now. I mean, right now. We yeah. don't have time to sit and have all these meetings because black people like to have a meeting to have a meeting to have a meeting to decide what we're going to do. And then we eating and meeting, getting obese while we eating and meeting and lying and all this stuff. But what we got to do right now is organize. Mm-hmm. don't have to be no big leaders. Everybody's like, oh, who gonna lead it? We don't have to have a Martin King or a Malcolm X or a Marcus Garvey or Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, Andy uh, You understand what I'm saying? We are all leaders in our own right. If you are a, a preacher of the gospel, you are a leader, okay? And lead. And if you can't lead, get out the way. Get out the way. Hey, because the God didn't give us a spirit of fear, okay? He didn't. Hey, Amen. Dr. White, I'd like to make a specific challenge uh, to those who may be listening, as well as those on the panel. Uh, Those who are faith leaders and those who are uh, involved in in faith communities, uh, in particular in Georgia and in the southern states, uh, right now there are people in in communities throughout the South that are paying up to thirty percent of their util of, of their bill of their income, excuse me, on utility bills. Up to thirty percent wow. of their income goes to utility bills, and more than likely, these are the most vulnerable people in our communities. So not only are they living in poverty, but they're continually mm. driven to poverty and driven in poverty. Mm-hmm because of their utilities. Our public service commission, public utility commissions are often in our Southern states voted uh, or elected officials. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't put enough attention on our public service and public utility commissions. Mm. And those are the ones who make the decisions concerning 
the rates we pay, mm -hmm. as well as the programs that we have to help those who are disabled, those who are elderly, mm -hmm. those who are single families, those who are living in multifamily units, such as apartment buildings, prefabricated units, such as trailer homes and things of that nature. And they don't have proper weatherization. So during the, during the summer, we know in the South, it gets awfully hot. And during the winter, it can get awfully cold because of the humidity. And so heating and 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 uh, cooling your house, all of it's escaping out of your ho households. What if every ministry would uh, found as a ministry uh, a weatherization program to help those in their communities that they serve? Mm -hmm. to have weatherization, in particular, those vulnerable people in their communities, mm -hmm. those living on, in, on, under the poverty line or um, right at the poverty line, such as those elderly people, such as those disabled people in your churches, ensuring that they don't have to pay the bulk of their income. This is the honest to goodness truth. And I say this with all sincerity. There are people that you know right now that are having to make decisions on whether or not they'll keep the lights on yeah. or they'll be able to buy medicine that month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. whether, whether, it's a lot of them also in that situation that voted for the current administration too, believe it or not. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. But regardless of if they voted for their best interest or not, it's still a thing of where you want to help community, but also in your helping community, you're also helping the planet because yeah. a big part of the emissions that happen that, that's causing our climate impacts that we're having come from our utilities and, and our energy production. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely wow. right. That's right. And if we would, if we would as communities of faith, not only start implementing weatherization programs as ministry, but training up ministry partners or, or uh, congregation members to be advocates mm -hmm. in, in policy within our congregations and mm -hmm. having that as a ministry in our churches. You can have people to go and argue policy. You can even start a 501c4 uh, on behalf of, of your church, not, not your church as a 501c3, but starting an offshoot so you can start lobbying. But best interest, don't think right-wing evangelicals ain't been doing it. Right. Why you think mm -hmm. they good at in? Why they telling us to don't mix church and state? They so hypocritical. If you ain't listening, when, when they tell you to do something, you do the opposite because mm. that's what they're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Reverend Malcolm. Uh, that is certainly, uh, you, I think you've echoed uh, the, the rest of the panelists in, in, in ways that we can, we, we beyond a shadow of a doubt, we need to activate in some way, shape, form, or fashion. You may not have the resources to do big, but you can always advocate, uh, you know, in a lot of different ways, even if you see mm -hmm. uh, working the polls um, or, you know, educating people on the vote. To doing as Reverend Malcolm said, let's you know let's let's organize and start an organization that will support uh, our communities. There's certain a lot certainly a, a lot of different ways that we can activate and really take ownership as a church from a, from the church perspective on uh, inciting 
uh, social change. And that's a very critical uh, subject uh, right now in the state of our nation. I want to thank everybody for listening, for tuning in, especially uh, <coughs> our partners. As we leave you, please remember those famous words from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King that whatever affects one uh, directly affects us all indirectly. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Perspectives On, where we're giving the world a voice. We are a faith-based social justice forum where individuals give their perspectives on various topics. It's an opportunity to express their viewpoint, their stance, and their angle on justice issues affecting the community and globally. Each episode features guests presenting their perspective on things like climate change, the church, urban farming, and food insecurity, all through a unique faith lens. 